the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, and tonight is Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. It's week 14 in the NFL, and we're going to do some hot takes and some hot wings. You threw me off when you're drinking there. Now, for those at home, Dave's signal that we've started is that he takes a shot, but he took a drink of beer. I was like, was that the signal? And then he immediately took a shot, so I, I, that was good. I think you missed the whole conversation there. I said... No, I was a member of the conversation as I well. I said, I'm going to have a, a drink of the beer, and then that means we're ready to go. You're going to have what? A, a drink, drink of, of the beer. beer. <laughs> and then you take the shot, and that means time to, time to, to go. start. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're good. <laughs> we're here now. I think we're, we're live and in person to us. Uh, live to those of you who are subscribed to us on YouTube. I'm always live and in person. For those of you who aren't, uh, please do check out our YouTube channel. Uh, it's Drink5, all one word. And for those of you listening uh, on just the podcast vibe, uh, we appreciate that too. We've been doing that for a long time since uh, we were over at a house that we both lived in, sitting on the couch next to each other with one microphone in between us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quality. <laughs> Oh boy! Quality time, Jay. That was, uh, you know, <laughs> that was before I spilled a shot on my laptop to start a show one time. How many laptops have you had over the course? Oh, this of is the only podcast? number two. It's well, time to upgrade. So that's really an old. Is. That's an oldie. This is an oldie. <laughs> this puppy is ready to retire. There are like players who have come in the league and retired since I've bought this laptop. Yeah, that's like uh, so. Not a Tom Brady, not the goat of laptops, but like what player would you compare that to? Who is like should have probably retired. This like, is the Cecil Shorts of laptops. I see. So uh, it should so have it, been like it was really good early on, um, and just has hung around too long. It should have been retired like three years ago. And I love it. I mean, <laughs> because it's got a lot of flair and a lot of personality. But hmm. yeah, should have retired a few years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are we? What are we thinking today? What, what's the? What's on? The docket. Well, I believe that we are both at the moment drinking some hop slam. Yeah. Which we have already had. On the show already this year, one of our favorite beers, and we're able to enjoy it on the podcast this year. Mm-hmm. Normally, it comes out in January, and we're done doing the fantasy football season in January. I guess it's it's an interesting conversation because uh, us liking and drinking Hop Slam a bunch when it originally came out and was very rare was probably coinciding around the same time that we were both getting into fantasy football too, and so it's. Uh, uh, a similar kind of a situation, I would bet. Yeah, it might have it might even predate. Yeah, so like two, it does. 206, 07, uh, Hopslam might have come out like 04 or something like that. I'm just spitballing but here. When, by the time we this started drinking Hopslam, yeah, it was probably like 06, 07, like you're saying. So and then I just cracked open this beer that I've been trying to drink on the show for the last, I don't know, you got a lot of four or five there, weeks. Yes. Well, I'm trying to drink it today, too. It's not working out. <laughs> Uh, it's called Invited Concept, Modern Dune. I don't know which of those goes first. Uh, DDH Lager from Motuka Southern Cross. Mm-hmm. Motuka, those must be the types of hops. Um, so it is brewed and bottled in Chicago from the Artisan Fermenta Project. I wonder if that is like the um, sort of... Uh, what, what was the... like? collective craft beer collective thing that we saw at that beer fest we went to do you remember no sorry i do not Uh oh i do not oh 
You just got to drink the foam, man. This I'm going to is... not drink the foam if I don't have to. And I don't think I have to, so <laughs> I'm just going to let it chill for a minute. All right. This is great, great content. We well, apparently Hopslam Ale Double India Pale Ale came out in the early 2000s. And so I don't have a specific date. Uh, but the idea is that when we were first starting to drink uh, beer in general, Hopslam was there for us to be like, why don't you, uh, you know, move, move up to the upper echelon of beer <laughs> and see what happens if you drink a 10% IPA that's brewed with honey, uh, made from Kalamazoo, Michigan Brewery. Yes, and thus a life of drinking excellent beers was, you know, begun. Better than the alternative, a life of drinking bush light, not uh, what I'm looking forward to uh, yeah. as a person. Yeah. So we did forget to um, bring our reward for last week. We did bring our punishment, though. Oh, maybe um, maybe we could get uh, half of one of those uh, things in the box upstairs. Yeah, just little 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 pieces, maybe. <laughs> we'll find out. It's not super important, but maybe. Uh, so anyways, last week we did a bunch of starts and sits. Two starts and a sit each. Uh, and we did well on a couple of guys, and we did worse on more. I will take credit for the win on telling you to sit Kirk Cousins. Didn't score, scored less than 12 points. Had a bad game, as I predicted he would. And you said to start A.J. Dillon, who had a very good game. I think he scored over 19 points. Yeah, so he was doing well regardless. But then Aaron Jones went out uh, for some of the game and came back in. But even though Aaron Jones was uh, still active throughout the game, he did come back after a short hiatus on the sideline, A.J. Dillon was involved. And so if you had read my... um, analysis the previous week or paid attention to it i was calling for a game that was going to be around 15 fantasy points i think he scored 16 so happy with that yeah i'm, I'm happy that i called the sit cousins thing he wound up finishing as mm-hmm. where was he gotta go all the way know, down 22 25 yeah he's in the 20s he was 25 there you go. So he was ranked 16. I said he'd be worse. He was 25. Not at all worth starting. So well done by us there. So um, we did have a little sweet treat earlier to, to treat ourselves. And now, uh, or, or maybe in a little bit. Yeah, in a little bit. We'll punish ourselves. But what we didn't do so well on, um, you said to sit Mike White. And not that Mike White had a great game, but he just threw the shit out of the ball and had like 370 yards roughly. Yeah, I mean, so here's the deal, right? The guy had 57 passes. Uh, The only reason why he scored any points at all uh, is because he scored a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown uh, on his seven yards. But, like, he had two interceptions and only completed 31 of 57, which is basically 50% completion. He didn't have a good game, but it doesn't matter because in fantasy points, he still scored around 20. I don't know where he was uh, overall, but he was certainly a good fill-in if you played him because he was probably like a QB8 or something. Seven. Yeah, so good for you if you started him. I still think that that's not something that should have happened, but hey, it did. What can I do? (laughs) What are you going to do, right? They they are going to play Buffalo next week, and and if you pay attention to uh, our uh, analysis from last week, the reason why the the illustrious, uh, the prophetic, the uh, um, the constantly marching, um, the impending doom of Mike White is not going to be an issue is because last year they played Buffalo and just failed miserably, ran into a brick wall. Mm-hmm. This year they're about to do the same thing again. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean... They, they're playing in Buffalo, too. They were playing the Vikings, who... Uh, uh, they had just played the Bears. The Bears have a, a horrible defense. 
Well, the Vikings have an arguably worse defense. <laughs> when they go play Buffalo, they're going to be uh, probably three interceptions. Uh, I'll be surprised if he if he's able to score a touchdown on them. Yeah. Um, the other players that we had, Zay Jones was one of my picks. He had like two catches on seven targets. So it was not the sort of game script that I had predicted. And Trevor Lawrence got injured. Um, yeah, so just all around, just not good for fantasy. Sky Moore on your end, I think only scored like a point. Um, so, you know, these are feast or famine guys in in a way. And then I had Kyron Williams, uh, who I did start in a league. I put my money where my mouth was and I still won that game despite Kyron Williams scoring less than one point. Good for you. So that's, that's where we go. Um, we're going to have some hot takes this week. And hopefully we can do a little better than our um, 33% success rate. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, well, they're hot takes. But like you they're said. They're designed to be a little spicier. A lot of people will, uh, who are pundits in the industry or whatever, will will say, you know, sit this guy or start this guy who is in the top 20. Um, it's a little more difficult to say, let's start this guy who's ranked, you know, RB. 38 or like true. wide receiver true. We, 40 we did go out on a ledge there. so i think it's always better to do to do that and we're not always going to be as accurate as we hope to be in fact dave who is uh listed as one of the experts on fantasy pros no longer ranked number eight unfortunately um he is now number seven ah <laughs> well done dave moving up folks. yes moving on up uh so um <laughs> yeah that's really fucking good dude well i was two nice again at wide receivers i gotta tell you of, of all the things that I've, I've done well on this year uh, I, I'm, I'm probably number one by now at, at wide receiver. You're number two at wide receiver still for the season. Yeah. You're number two at wide receiver. You're number 12. Who is number one? Back. Who is number one? Number one is Kev uh, Ma- Maserajan from Rotoballer. All right. Well, I'm going to reach out to, to Kev and see what, what he's doing because I feel like I'm, I'm nailing those wide receivers. Anyway, yeah, number seven is great. I My goal this year was to uh, finish in the top 10 season long, so I have a couple more weeks to do it. But unless I really screw up, I feel like uh, averages are going to uh, work in my favor here. Yeah, yeah. And you're doing well on the kicker defense front. You're in the 20s on there. so Dude, um, I always have. My problem you're is... You're very well-rounded fantasy player. My problem is tight ends, uh, usually, and, and quarterbacks. Tight ends, you're at 65, but someone above you is at 102. <laughs> so, like, I feel like tight ends are such a crapshoot. There's only one... Okay, in the top 10 experts, there's only one guy who's in the top 10 of tight ends. So that makes sense, because if you're really good at tight end rankings, then apparently <laughs> you're not you're not very good overall. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair. Well, number seven, I didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, nice work. Um, so the playoffs are coming up. you got one more week. Hopefully everyone, now that this is the second year of 17 games in a season, everyone has extended their fantasy season, because this year there are buys in week 14. Uh, I don't remember if there were last year. I think there might have been up to 13 last year, but I'm not positive. So you can't start the playoffs in a week where you have buys. That is just ridiculous. This week there are buys on games where you have to clinch in the playoffs. Still a little tight, but the NFL isn't going to cater that much to fantasy football players. Mm -hmm. So I had a few uh, playoff strategy questions as far as like roster management goes. Do you cut players that you shouldn't start? So, like, if there's someone who has a bad matchup for the next three weeks or they're injured and might or might not come back until, like, the end of the season, like a Cooper Cup or someone like that, do you just cut them now or do you, like, kind of hold on to those players still? There's two different scenarios. 
One is if you have players that are that are backups, that are uh, handcuffs, that are uh, uh, people that are depth. And, and the answer is if you really want to win, you should be only taking people that have the highest upside. Um, and the second question uh, I think you're asking is uh, about injured players that, that probably will come back. And the answer to that is probably they'll come back, and that's not good enough for, for a winning team. I agree. So, I agree. so no, I'm 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 not going to, uh, you know, leave these guys on the roster that are are adding nothing to uh, my current ability to score fantasy points. Yeah, it was like last year when Derrick Henry was coming back for the last game, and people kept him around. And he starts the last game, and it's his first game back, and he doesn't have a good game. Yeah, it's very rare that these guys have a really good game the first game back. Like that stuff that Christian McCaffrey was doing like two seasons ago when he played like three games throughout the year and they were all like 30-point games. Like that doesn't happen much. That's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, well, and CMC is different anyway, right? He's, oh, certainly. He's basically this uh, little wide receiver that, that also occasionally gets 20 touches a game. So. <laughs> okay, so then when you're starting players, do you like to go for high upside or consistency? Or are you still taking the same sort of approach that you would take throughout the season? And probably mixing it up. Well, you can only change so many things, and, and you might have a different opinion about this, but uh, the players that got you there are probably going to be the same ones that you're starting. It's not like you have this giant menu that you can choose from. That's a good from. point. That's a good point. Uh, it, unless you're a, in a guillotine league, like there's not just players being cut that you can you can uh, dine on. But <laughs> uh, to, to answer a bit of that, uh, I would say that for in general – um, you are always striving for consistency in every single week of the fantasy year, except for in in the last uh, two weeks of the playoffs, in which case you're going to play all the guys that have the highest possible ceiling. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Because how, how dumb would you feel if you had uh, a couple guys on your team that scored 40 points and you didn't play them in the championship? Yeah. So um, I tend to change a little bit. If I still have free agent acquisition budget left, I'm way more likely to spend a lot more than I normally would during the year. Yeah. Um, where I might bid like up to $5 on a defense, I'll go 10 or, or 11. Um, and then I'm willing to drop 50, 60% of my remaining budget on one guy. If I think that I'll immediately put him in the starting lineup. And that's not usually the case throughout the year. And maybe I need to, you know, look at that, as a way to like actually acquire more players throughout the year, but I definitely kind of change up how I use my budget. Um, I, I'm with you. There's no reason not to spend all your money. Yeah, well, of course that, but I mean, like some people like to save it until like the last week. Well, the odds that like the last week there will be an amazing player that's going to make the difference are right. so little I agree. that you might as well get your best matchups possible uh, above everybody else. And obviously, there's some some baseline best practices here. Like looking at all the other people that are in the playoffs, if you can spend just enough money, for example, for a defense that no one else can take them, and that's the thing that you think is going to make the difference in your matchup, all you have to do is win one week. If you lose, you're out in most uh, fantasy leagues. Yeah. So why wouldn't you go ahead and do that? You, yep. you should win, do as much as you can to win each week. That's all that matters. Okay. And then this is a discussion I've been having at work with some uh, friends who play fantasy football, how do you think that leagues should treat teams that are eliminated? Sounds like you're doing a lot of work there. Um, we work a lot. <laughs> so I, I'm in a I'm in a fantasy league uh, that I've been in for a long time, and they've existed longer than any other fantasy league I've been in. Uh, 
over the years they've changed their rules various ways etc to try to make things more i think people always strive strive for like uh like fairness uh in general mm-hmm. some leagues are more cutthroat than others this particular league um if you're saying how how do you treat someone that's eliminated so when you are statistically unable to make the playoffs in this league you are no longer allowed to make any uh to make any trades with anyone okay but you are still allowed uh um to pick up free agents to better your team now we do have like a high score pool that goes through the regular season now once it hits the playoffs those teams are also then banned from even making any free agent acquisitions and only the teams that are in the playoffs are allowed to do any moves at all whatsoever. Okay, are there any keepers or anything in this league? No. And then... Um, yeah, if it's a keeper or dynasty league, it could be a little different, right? Is there a trade deadline in the league? Yeah. So Okay, but if you're eliminated before Wednesday. the trade deadline, then you can't make any moves. You can't make any trades. Uh, yes, correct. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Now, now that's not necessarily a setting that is in uh, the league software. It's just a setting that the uh, commissioner handles manually um but but i would say that in my opinion um it it should have parity with the nfl the nfl doesn't disallow you as a team to to not do anything um but i can understand the issue being in a redraft league where there are no keepers there's no dynasty uh a team that is already uh going to lose and and not make the playoffs trying to trade or pick up free agents only uh, to spite other people uh, for that like emotional payoff <laughs> is is not something that we uh, as commissioners w- would like to um, to reward uh, right and so that is certainly a hard discussion to have. Yes. So so what's your opinion? What 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 did you guys discuss at work? So the issue that was coming up was in this league where there were keepers. If your team was eliminated, you weren't allowed to make moves. Uh huh. And which meant that someone at the end of last year was not allowed to pick up a player that he wanted to grab to use as a keeper for the following year. Yeah, that's dumb. I agree. Yeah. And their solution, which I'm not a fan of, but I agree is a solution, <laughs> is that you can no longer keep players that were picked up once the playoffs start. Okay, so so those are like arcade rules, uh, and then everything gets reset back to where it was before, uh, yes. before the playoffs started. That is a solution. Well, I don't know if that's the case, because like... If you drop a player in the playoffs, are you still allowed to keep them? Like, I didn't ask that far. But, like, frankly, Those I players. like the way that we have uh, done it. So, in Dynasty, you have a reason to always be competitive in because you're going to keep the players that you have through next year. So, there's always a reason to still be making moves to pick them up. And in some other leagues, we have high score pools that go through the end of the playoffs and we let everyone keep making moves so that there is a reason to try to win. There is something to play for. Yeah. 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 Um, that way, you know, making moves is not, um, I mean, maybe people don't like it, but that's too bad because there's a reason to do it. There's a competitive reason to do it still. I think ultimately the, the problem is, uh, is you have bad people. Uh, but this is a. I'm being serious. I know. But but this is a uh, this is an issue uh, that the commissioners don't want to uh, face or even realize is an issue, uh, because if they bring bad people into their league and those people are doing things that are nefarious or uh, looked at as uh, as ethically wrong or whatever mm-hmm. in in the league's constitution, even if it's gray or frowned upon then uh, they shouldn't have been invited to the league in the first place. And so really the problem is that you need 
you need good people uh, to start with. And so that's a real problem for people that don't have like a, a big network of, of uh, folks to. But then isn't it kind of a boring league if everyone's a good person? <laughs> I'm not saying you can't be a villain, man. <laughs> you know, I, I've certainly had villainous actions and so uh, have other people. <laughs> but, but, but being a villain, uh, you have to still, uh, I think, adhere to some of the rules that the league lays out. And so uh, my, my thing would be one, Make sure that you have good people in the league. If you don't, try to seed them out and, and get good people to replace them with. Two, okay. uh, you have to have some kind of league constitution that um, uh, or charter or whatever you want to call it that, that lays out some of these things uh, that gives you some kind of basis of things to work with. And three, uh, you should simply be having some kind of conversation with people in your league about like what do you think uh, you know, could be the major issues and how could we fix them. Yeah. Uh, that's that's friendly and uh, uh, working towards a useful uh, resolution. All right. Um, well, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I don't think I've clinched anywhere, but I have two teams uh, that are in really good shape to make the playoffs, another one that is in playoff shape right now, and then two teams that are probably eliminated. <laughs> so out of five, if I make three, I'll be happy, um, and hopefully I can find my way to win one of them. I'm in the playoffs in my two biggest leagues, so uh, um, I'm focusing on that. Congratulations. Shall we have a drink? Yeah. Okay. We're making it happen here. Cheers. It's been an interesting year. It's been a it's been an interesting year for uh, I think people that have been drafting zero running back. combination this will be today yeah <laughs> thank you so so this is the reward we got for, for making a couple good picks and uh where where uh, is this dessert from jason oh this is from crumble cookie the newest suburban craze <laughs> at least in chicago i'm sure it's nationwide it's all over the place yeah mm. but a, a very good place uh, which apparently um, you can enter and uh, you are not addressed at all whatsoever, uh, treated as a uh, as just a consumer uh, to take the box and, and go home. <laughs> which, which I find very they interesting. They call your name when your cookies are ready. That's the only interaction they have with you. Why would they even do that at that point? <laughs> it feels like it should be just like they shove it into a thing and it, like a computer says your name. <laughs> you know, Siri says it or something. <laughs> No free ideas, Dave. You need to sell that to him. Mm. Mm. Very tasty. And so if we're talking about all of these uh, uh, strategies, etc., I've wanted to do, um, we've talked about this before too, some kind of a commissioner sort of podcast. And maybe yeah. we can... Um, do that sort of a, of a thing next year as part of what we're already doing. And we'll talk about that. Okay. But uh, what do we have queued up uh, right now? Um, uh, apparently the music still. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to do some hot takes. We've got some hot wings. What are the sauces that we're going to have for the hot wings, Dave? 
Do you want to do you want to talk about them uh, as we're as we're having them, or would you prefer uh, me to yeah, go we'll, over we'll, them? Well, I think okay. um, we each have a take. Uh, so, so you can give your first take. I'll give my first take. Just give us the first sauce. So I have I have two, and you have three. If we're if we're adding them all up, right? Yeah. So, so what I think I'll do is is um, maybe we can both eat the hottest one during my red hot take, <laughs> which I think is a red hot take. I think it qualifies as red hot. Okay, and then I'll I'll have like a, a response or something that I can barely get through probably at that point. You'll be fine. I know you. You'll eat the hot wing and be like, oh, this is tasty and delicious, and I'll have more. <laughs> and I'll be like, I can't talk. Well, we already had what is going to be way spicier than this. So like, I was asked point. if I would be hiccuping during this. Yeah. And I said, no, no, no. I'm never going to eat something that spicy again. <laughs> and I was told, well, then I'm not going to watch it. Okay. <laughs> So apparently we have to um, is there hurt bodily, ourselves. Is there for, bodily harm involved yeah, in yeah. order to get ratings? Well, uh, the first the first one is Humble House, one that that has been a hot sauce that has been a staple in um, in my household since pretty much the moment that I started watching Hot Ones uh, on YouTube. Okay, um, and this is a guajillo and red jalapeno tangy garlic sauce. This is not really that spicy. Did we have that last time? Uh, we may have. I love that sauce. I know we have that often when we do. It's just a great sauce. Tastings. sauce. It's yeah. garlic and red jalapeno and like. Uh huh. And so it's just a great sauce. And and this doesn't you know have to necessarily be super spicy, uh, but the whole concept is to to uh, wet your palate to uh, mm. the the peppers to come. So uh, yeah, so we both have a wing uh, for that, okay. um, and I can I can go ahead and get Why in. Why don't there, you start? Yeah. Do you want to you want to eat and talk? Sure. Okay. So yeah, we did hot takes a few weeks ago. Maybe it was many weeks ago. It probably was like week three or four earlier in the season. We tried to do a little hot one style challenge where we had, I think, five wings that day. And we would read off increasingly hotter takes and try to get through them and try to defend them while our mouths were burning. Um, This time around, we've got fewer takes, fewer wings. We're taking it a little easy, but I suspect that as we get to the hotter sauces, they will be quite hot indeed. Yeah, good stuff, though. Okay, so this is going to take a little bit. Um, so, first hot take I have is to not count on Jamal Williams past week 13. Now, the guy has 14 touchdowns so far this season. That's two more than anybody else that isn't a quarterback. So he's scoring literally 7.2 points per game for his team at this point, which is really impressive. The four teams he has remaining to play on his fantasy schedule, the Vikings, Jets, Panthers, and the Bears, only the Jets out of those have a defense that isn't giving up more than 20 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. So why would we suddenly stop trusting Williams, a guy who is more than likely rostered on some top-seeded fantasy teams, someone who has played almost every week, if not every week for you if you, if you do have him rostered, and is uh, is a big component of the reason why you're in the playoffs. Well, it's about DeAndre Swift. It's about how he could eat into the opportunities that have allowed Williams to be the top dog at the box office. Since suffering an ankle injury in week one, Swift's snap share and the number of carries he's had, 65.7% snaps and 15 carries in week one for 25 fantasy points, for example, that dropped to an average of 36.8 snaps, uh, and 36.8% snaps and five carries per game during the amount of time between weeks two and 12 uh, in which he was injured and only playing sort of like half uh, uh, his normal capacity. Okay. 
only now that Swift has been taken off the injury report, has no designation uh, to talk about, have his metrics come back to normal. So in week 13, just last week, he logged a 51.4% snap share and 14 total carries for 19.1 fantasy points, which is back up to you know almost where he was in week one. Uh-huh. So when you look at this, it's a, it's a literal bell curve of exactly what happened to him. Uh, injury, not coming back, uh, you know, in games, but not really performing to that level and now back up. Okay. So where did those extra points go? Those 9.5 fantasy points per game to 25 fantasy points. Where did they go? They went to Jamal Williams. Yeah. And so when we review the same kind of data for Jamal Williams, we see that in week one, he had a 32.8% snap share with 11 carries. Remember, that's the same week that Swift had a 65.7% snap and 15 carries. Now, while Swift was struggling through those injuries in weeks 2 through 12, so J- Jamal Williams... I'm sorry, they don't really share the field at all then, do they? Uh, together, no, no. Okay. So uh, He averaged a 45.34% snap share with 16.6 carries per game. So he's, he's you know, getting 75% more uh, field time, uh, yeah. or not field time, but, uh, but carries as, yeah. as he was previously. In week 13 with Swift back, and Swift without the injury designation, Williams logged a 29.7% snap share with 11 carries, which is almost exactly the same as he had in week one when DeAndre Swift was a, a healthy start out of the box. So this, this means to me, it's very easy to see um, that, that Williams, I'm not saying he's not going to have red zone usage, that he's not going to be used in the offense, but I am saying that Swift is the clear number one, Mm-hmm. Uh, Swift is going to have, you know, 65% of the snaps and most of the carries in every game that he is healthy. And Jamal Williams only did what he did uh, because of the number of opportunities and percent snap share that he had during the time that DeAndre Swift was not healthy. Therefore, those 14 touchdowns are a product of him basically being the RB1 of Detroit offense. Uh, who has scored a whole bunch of points this year and yeah. has been able to make it over to that goal line where Jamal just snuck in all the time. If you look at his stats, he's got a lot of games where he averaged like 3.2 yards per carry. That's because if you have to run one yard across the goal line, it's not adding a whole lot to your average. That's very true. Um, and so that's what he's been doing. But I, I wholeheartedly think that those people that intend on playing Jamal Williams to ride out those touchdowns, well, it's probably going to stop around 14. I'm... In a way, happy to hear this. I traded Jamal Williams uh, on Sunday morning. That's a good trade. Is this a well, dynasty I, league? No. A redraft, fine. Redraft. Yeah. But but you're trading a guy at the highest point that he was at to yeah. to where he's going to come back I to. I traded him for Chris Olave, who who proceeded to like have balls bounce off of his face instead of catching them. So it wasn't a great sign. He had catches though. But I'll take. It. Yeah, I'll take it. Dude, how did you how did you make that trade? That's an amazing trade. That's a, it. it was offered to me. Yeah, that's true. I woke up on Sunday morning and I saw that I had a trade sent to me and like I didn't hit accept immediately, but I only waited about five minutes to hit it. Well, that's somebody chasing touchdowns, and you gotta go for that a hundred percent of the time. And I don't think I, I might have started Jamal Williams once or twice as a bye week fill in. The whole time you had him? I have Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler in that league. Uh, well, fair enough. You should it's have traded him. Quarterback you league. should have traded him earlier. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I really tried. I had been. I had been shopping him around, and people weren't buying. 
But so you, know, you had the you when have, you get to the end of the season, players get desperate. You have the league leader in touchdowns by two touchdowns, and you didn't play him at all this year. I like he was a bye week fill in. You should send it. him a nice letter or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a donation in, in the name of his charity. Oh, do it, do it. Okay. Uh, so my first take, and I, I I enjoyed that wing. It had just a tiny hint of spice. It's a nice wing at yeah. the end of it. Oh, I like it. I agree. Um, so mine is at Taylor Tyler Tyler Huntley. Will be a QB one this week against Pittsburgh. Ravens backup with Lamar out, right? It does. I mean, okay, Lamar's not officially ruled out. Oh, he's out, but he's going to be out. PCL, yeah, yeah, yeah. PCL injury. He's going to be out. So Huntley will be facing the Steelers team that is surrendering the ninth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. In week thirteen, it was only going to take eighteen points to be the QB ten, and Huntley almost made it there. He didn't start the game, um, but he was like, I don't know, he had like fifteen points. Uh, the Steelers have surrendered 20-plus points five times now to opposing quarterbacks. One of those quarterbacks was Zach Wilson. So, uh, you know, a lot of times when they face a good quarterback, he is going to put up a lot of points. Tyler Huntley also runs the ball. He had 11 rushing attempts last week and a rushing touchdown, the only touchdown of that game. But I really think that Huntley is going to be able to um, play very well and play – okay, look. He's going to have a good fantasy day. I don't know if he's going to play well, but he's going to score fantasy points, and that's all we really care about. Okay. His point stealing has helped because he has a tendency to scramble and just run the ball. As a backup guy, he's not as well-versed with all of the passing routes and everything like that. It will probably be a little bit simpler of a game plan. Um, and so I think that he's going to run the ball another 10 times at least. He's been the backup for two years, so great. He, you know, even though he is a backup, he's better than what he was last year. And he did have a 35-point game against the Packers last year where he ran in two touchdowns and he threw for two touchdowns. So he's going to be a fine replacement. There are six teams on by, including Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers. So people are missing some quarterbacks. He's only rostered in 19% of Flea Flicker leagues. So he should be available. And if you're in a two-quarterback league, he's he needs to be a starter. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's probably being picked up in the waiver this week because Lamar just went out. Exactly. He's going to be a yeah. big pickup this week. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be a quarterback one. So he, it's a it's a take. It's, you know, a warm take, borderline hot, because a backup quarterback being QB1 I think is, you know, not always going to happen. Well, I, I, uh, I don't disagree with you. Um, I my well, The one thing I would say is that uh, being a Steelers fan is that uh, TJ Watt was not available for most of the season, which probably cut down on a, a ton of QB pressures, which probably... Back? Yeah. Okay. And so, like, th- there's a TJ Watt now. <laughs> but, 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 um, you know, Kenny Pickett, rookie quarterback, and the Steelers just doing okay. They've won the last two games. Uh, and they could technically beat a Ravens team with Tyler Huntley, but I would expect Tyler Huntley will be able to throw like at least one long touchdown against them and score. You know, if the 20 Steelers points. are putting up points, then that's all the more reason for Tyler Huntley to yeah, be able yeah, to yeah. score fantasy I, points. I agree with your take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you got, Nat? Do you want? Do you want me to do my quick hits really quick, and then we'll do our final. Do you have two? The I have, I have three little quick ones, and then the big red hot one for the end. So you got two wings. How do you want to break that up? Um, you want to take one before the quick hits, and then why don't I'll go? you tell us what the next sauce is? Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm eating. Okay, so this is uh, the next sauce that we have is Hellfire Detroit, and Hellfire Detroit okay. is uh, bourbon habanero ghost, uh, and and this I is, like those things. This is a sauce that actually is pretty tasty. It's apple cider vinegar, which I really like. 
a fire roasted habanero, so you get a little bit of that like burniness, uh, smokiness on it. Okay. Uh, and then it's got sea salt and lime, and then a little bit of smoked ghost chili pepper. So it's it's this one. Can you see what I'm pointing at? Yep. Okay. Good. And so so yeah, you've got like smoked and fire roasted and and apple cider, and so there's some good flavors in there. Uh, but it's certainly is going to be a uh, probably six six seven out of ten sort of hot sauce. Okay. Well, I'll burn through these really quick. But you only have two things. Are you going to eat both of those on your last thing? I'm confused about your strategy here. Should I eat the? Should I eat it now? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing to me. I understand now. It should be good. It's hot. It's Hellfire Detroit, which which of course says. Nothing about uh, uh, the city. We would never try to uh, uh, impress our opinions uh, of the of the city proper um, on anyone. Yeah, on, on the hot the, sauce, uh, hot on sauce. anyone on YouTube or uh, listeners of the podcast. Um, we Ooh. oh, it always hits you when you swallow for the like like after you've eaten it and you just have you know some re- res- residue in your mouth and you swallow it again. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's when it gets you. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, well, maybe I'll join you then. I don't so know. yeah, you should. Okay, and then so. and then I'll respond after your hot or, or whatever. Yes. Oh fuck. So <laughs> samaje. Oh, it's hot on the tongue right now, <laughs> and just like with the chocolate, talking makes it worse. Zoom. Samaje P Ryan is not the next Tony Pollard. All right. Tony Pollard being the backup to a stud running back who's actually better. <laughs> At least now, finally. So, Ooh. as soon as Mixon is healthy, P. Ryan is going to be taking a back seat. He won't be putting up the big numbers that we've seen over the last three weeks. So, if you're starting him and you're benefiting from that, that's great. Don't think it's going to last. As soon as Mixon is back, he's going to be getting the carries again. It's not like the Ezekiel Elliott situation where even Elliott is like, yeah, we're a better team when Tony Pollard touches the ball more. Hot. Right? Hot sauce. Is the next one hotter? Uh-huh. Fuck. <laughs> In honor of a Detroit something or other, Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, is oh, going to be the next. I just wanted to note that I, I agree with you there. Um, okay. And, and I've, I've like had so many trades coming at me, like Samaji Pira, and I'm like, yeah, of course you're trying to trade him. No, of course I don't want him. Well, you traded away Rashad White, which I praised you for last week. Yeah. Yeah, good job. So, Amon Ross St. Brown is the next top three wide receiver. When he's healthy, he's putting up huge numbers. He is the most Ooh. important offensive weapon on his team, and they have one of the best offenses in the league, and he's a very young guy. He's going to be one of the top three wide receivers next year. I think he's going to be drafted that way as well. He's awesome. Justin Fields has peaked for the year, and he should not be starting. I mean this from a health perspective. I mean this from a fantasy perspective. The Bears need to keep him healthy for next season. He also has really tough matchups when it comes to fantasy points. They're playing the Eagles and then the Bills. It's not as if Justin Fields is going to help you get into the championship game where you might benefit from his matchup with the Lions. So, you getting to the championship game and him making it all the way to Week 17 are huge ifs. Justin Fields peaked his fantasy, you know, he's got that the, the traditional bell curve where it went very high, but it's coming right back down. Yeah, but he's, they're still going to start him. 
I know. They make bad decisions. <laughs> I was asked on Sunday why Justin Fields was playing. My only response was because the Bears are bad at making decisions. Yeah, they're they're bad decision makers. 100% agree. And uh, <sighs> I think they should not start him. There's no reason to start him. Um, but I do have him on one of my leagues with three quarterbacks starting, and so I would prefer if he continues to start for those. For well, that in league. that situation, you'll take <laughs> like 15 to 20 points from one of your starters, but obviously you would prefer him to be the the 40 point guy that you saw earlier in the year. Oh yeah. Well, I just lost Jimmy Garoppolo in that in that league. So, <laughs> if I could keep Justin Fields, that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, oh okay. my gosh, that was hot. Yeah. <sighs> and the next one is hotter, you say. Well, we're not there yet. <clears throat> okay. Well, why don't you tell us about a hot take? And I'll sit here and suffer in silence. Doesn't it hurt to breathe? It's Hellfire Detroit, man. That's okay. what we should, you know, if, if I'm on Rossane Brown needs another nickname, I think Hellfire Detroit is a good one. That could be one of the other uh, um, uh, Egyptian gods. Can we give it to Jamal Williams? Yes. Hellfire Detroit? <laughs> so here's, here's another one from me. Uh, uh, DJ Moore back with Sam Darnold is about to make a serious impact on the NFL. Now, so far this season, DJ Moore has had a 27.2% target share. That's number 13 among wide receivers, Jason. And that's 96.8% snap share. How many times he's been out for offensive snaps? That's number one among wide receivers. Yeah, that's impressive. So he has, one, been completely healthy the whole year, and two, been out there getting targets like nobody's business, like a WR1. So we know that. It's clear the opportunities... He has them to excel in the offense. So what's the problem, right? You know what the problem is, right? His quarterback. Yeah, so quarterback. thereof. That's exactly right. So why is Moore only the WR29 so far this year, according to Fantasy Pro's half PPR scoring, when over the same period of time in the last three seasons, he was somewhere between WR10 and WR20. That's quarterback talent and chemistry with the quarterback. The Panthers started the season with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield uh, and, and now moved on to P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. Neither put up consistent numbers. Neither achieved tangible success with Moore. Neither achieved tangible success as a quarterback Yeah. in general. Now, Sam Darnold just returned as the Panthers' starting quarterback after being put on IR towards the beginning of the year. Actually, before the year started, I believe, with a high ankle sprain. Um, in Week 12, he played as a starter, and he immediately made an impact with Moore. I keep getting, like, saliva built up in my mouth from all the, the hotness. It hurts. <laughs> uh He's very slowly calming down. So Moore last week put up 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, one of his best games of the entire season. Over their playing time, Sam Darnold and DJ Moore's last year in 2021, which was most of the year, Moore had an average per game of 5.5 receptions on 9.5 targets for 73.2 yards. Now this year, playing with the whatever quarterbacks that he's had, uh, he's had an average over 11 games without Darnold of 3.8 receptions on 7.5 targets for 45.6 yards. So I think based on those numbers, very clear that Moore played much better with Darnold last year as a rule. And with Mayfield being officially released just recently and on the Rams of all places, Sam Darnold is going to be the starter in Carolina now for the rest of the season. Yeah. So... What Moore needed was a better, more consistent quarterback with chemistry with Moore. That is what he now has. Uh, no Christian McCaffrey there is also only better for Moore, in my opinion. Now, all this means that Moore's fantasy value should increase a good 10 to 15 spots immediately. That makes him a borderline WR1 for the remainder of the season. 
His next game is against Seattle. They're one of the better teams against wide receivers. Granted, not the best, but one of the better. But for the first two rounds of the fantasy playoffs in week 15 and 16, Moore's going to go up against Pittsburgh, who's currently the second worst uh, against uh, fantasy receivers, and Detroit, who's the fourth worst against fantasy receivers. So DJ Moore has a great lineup of matchups in the fantasy playoffs with a quarterback that he has history with in an offense that he will surely be getting passes because, you know, they are not winning the games. So this all lines up to be really good fantasy fodder. Uh, and I, in any league possible, am going to be trying to acquire more, or if I have him, I'm going to be trying to make a spot for him on my roster. Okay. Um, what do you think about more? And are you excited about uh, getting I mean, into this last wing here? I was thinking more about the last wing, so I'm like, all right. <laughs> My mouth is still a little hot. I'm about to <laughs> fucking blast it with heat again. But what I was doing was I was looking up Moore's uh, ranking. Uh, you said he's the WR29 in the year. He's ranked 22 this week in his ECR. Yeah. And it's where you have him as well. Right. So it, it seems to be a consensus that he should play a lot better. Um, I really like looking at matchups. And obviously, this one against Seattle, I don't know that he's going to get that 10 to 15 spot bump because it's Seattle, but he is definitely going to get it for Pittsburgh and Detroit but in, in the following two weeks. Yeah, and even... And then, those are the playoff weeks. Those are when, you know, you find a spot for him in your lineup. But, but regardless of that, like, you feel like he's probably still going to be around his average with Darnold uh, this week with Seattle. And, and that would and, that would still be five receptions for 70 yards. And you give them that week to sort of rebuild that chemistry. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when they get the really good matchup the following week, they're ready to go. Yeah. And I really like that. Yep. So, I, I, yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. And now... All right, well, so the last wing with you on this. is Torchbearer Sauce's Honey Badger, Honey Mustard. Uh, and this is this is a sauce that is, again, apple cider vinegar strong, but it has scorpion pepper, uh, honey for some sweetness. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be sweet. Brown sugar, and then mustard powder, but then Carolina Reaper. So scorpion, Carolina Reaper, those are the big things here. Now, uh, you go ahead and eat it and, and, and do your thing. I'm going to then eat this halfway through, and then I'll talk a bit uh, mid and after you're done. And then we'll go deal with our uh, scorching hot oh. mouths, shall we? <laughs> and I want to uh, congratulate Jason also for uh, for being my, my partner in this for so many years. And uh, only recently uh, being able to, uh, uh, with, without any issues, uh, say yes to all the challenges that are presented to him. And by the way, he's the soda king. Uh, I shouldn't say you might not want to say issues, but I don't have reservations. No reservations, as uh, as our friend Anthony Bourdain would say. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's hear the red hot take, which maybe is I so aptly eat, named. <laughs> maybe I just kind of like didn't lick my fingers, and you know, oh, it's hot. Here it comes. G- go, for it, say, like, go for it, man. Go for it. The other one was like. The other one really hit you right away. Go for it, and I'll this get in there. This one feels like it's still creeping. Go okay. for it. So here's my red hot take <laughs> of the week. I guarantee it's not less hot than the last one. The, oh, you mean the spice of the wing? Yes. You're right. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm going to have one more oh, yeah. little nibble. He came back for it. I like the, the I like mustard. I'm not doing it justice if like I don't hurt. The mustard sauces are very delicious. I really like the flavor of this uh-huh. one. Yeah. Okay. Don't start Christian McCaffrey in week 14. Wow. That is red hot right there. <coughs> He's going to get to it, I promise. Oh, there it is. There it is. 
<laughs> there it is. <laughs> Woo! McCaffrey has a fantastic matchup in Week 15. Not saying he's useless, but in Week 14, he has to play the Bucks. They're giving up the third fewest points to opposing running backs. The 49ers are going to be starting Brock Purdy, and the results may not be that Purdy. And um, <sighs> you can just turn it off now if you don't like that pun. <laughs> I have no defense for that pun. I just can't help myself. Okay. <sighs> and I agree. I, I admit that one made me groan. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's so hot. Well, you only got two paragraphs left, man. Let's go. Ooh. So, I feel like the 49ers tend to play with the pace of the teams that they're up against. Sometimes they do dictate the pace, but a lot of times this year, it seems, they play fast when they play a team like Miami. They play slow when they play a team like New Orleans. They've stepped it up against the good offenses, like the Dolphins. They put up, they ran 79 plays from scrimmage. The week before against the Saints, they only ran like 67. They only play, they only scored 13 points. They were happy to grind it out, and that game against the Saints, Christian McCaffrey only had seven points. That's not the kind of start that you're looking for. <sighs> McCaffrey has only been on the field for over 80% of offensive snaps for the 49ers twice so far on the team. Most of the time, he's a little under 70, so it's not as if he is like the every-down player. In fact, last week, he only had 17 of the team's 44 rushes. He was saved because the rookie quarterback had to just dump the ball off to him all the time. So, oh my god. Oh, this one's more intense. <laughs> Like, this one is just all-encompassing. The last one was just, like, burning my tongue. Scorpion and Reaper, this one's man. my whole mouth. Yeah. So, Yeehaw. now that the Bucks have had a week to prepare for Purdy, they're going to focus on stopping those dump-off plays, stopping what he was mildly successful with last week. The Buccaneers are great at stopping running backs, and they will force Brock Purdy, right? Is that his name? Brock Purdy. <laughs> to beat them through the air with downfield passes. So you may see a little bit more from a Brandon Ayuk, a Debo Samuel, but Christian McCaffrey, though he catches passes, he doesn't catch them downfield. Oh, my nose is running. You know it's fucking hot. Yeah. So I didn't say this would be an easy one to swallow. Like a spicy wing, though, you get through it, and you hope you don't regret it later on. <laughs> so, so I agree with you. I... Uh, Oh my! I think McCaffrey's going to have. I thought you were just going to be like, "No, you're crazy." I think McCaffrey's going to have a lot of trouble, and a lot of that is because they have Purdy, who's going to be the guy. And of course, yes, every time you talk, it's hotter. Right. <laughs> That's very exciting, isn't it? <laughs> uh. That's when we. So uh, we were able to share the chocolate with the Woo. guy who got us the chocolate. Yeah. Yes. Recently. Thank, thank you, Glenn. And. Um, one of the problems with the chocolate is that we had to keep talking, <laughs> and it just made it worse. And when he ate it, he just kept his mouth shut. I felt like it wasn't fair. We should have like interviewed him on the spot. He clammed up. Yeah, there was no, there was like a one hiccup. Next time I'll bring my video equipment. Less exciting, right? <laughs> so, um, I think that the problem is mostly going to be the fact that if if Purdy is unable to chuck the ball, then uh, they'll be able to stack uh, against the uh, Christian McCaffrey and. Uh, <sighs> Jordan Mason and oh, you're any, like crying there, buddy. Anybody else that's going to be 
you know, behind that 49ers line. Now, the things that I think are important to talk about here are the 49ers line, which is one of the best in football. Yeah. So that might still be able to maintain some semblance of, um, <clears throat> of stability, even if uh, it's being stacked against. So I would caution against not starting McCaffrey. What I would say is that he should move down in the ranks of your running backs on your roster. Uh, therefore, maybe you have a guy who will go up in front of him, but I think he'll be more of an RB2 or flex than an RB1 in this matchup. So I do agree there. I must say that it's important for us to understand that that Brock Purdy uh, apparently has some of the biggest balls in all of football. <laughs> Are you? Have you heard this? Are you familiar oh, like with this? Literal. Well, so Kyle Shanahan said uh, after they beat the Dolphins, uh, <clears throat> after they beat the Dolphins on Sunday, he said he's got some balls out there. Forgive me for saying it that way. Now George Kittle said he's got some cojones to him. If you're not confident, guys feel that, <laughs> right? Debo Samuel said it takes nuts to call a, a timeout without Kyle calling it. Reportedly, Purdy has earned the nickname Big Cock Brock in the 49ers <laughs> in the 49ers uh, locker room. So all I'm saying to you is that these guys have seen Is that seen a better him. nickname than Big Dick Nick? I'm just saying these guys these guys have seen him naked and apparently he's Big Cock he's Brock. He's packing. And uh I don't think that's going to affect the secondary of the opposing teams, but Guy's Maybe got some, they'll get distracted. He's got some balls on him is all You I'm know saying. everyone's going to be looking at those tight pants to <laughs> figure out what's going on. Uh, how big are those balls on Big Cock Brock? Well, I think, if anything, they'll just uh, they'll be dragging him down. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a rushing quarterback to me. Uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. But, but maybe uh, he's got more stability. Yeah, the, the the tripod action. It's the center of gravity that's a really important discussion about those players once they breach... Once they cross the line of scrimmage. Okay. Yeah. So I thought this was a fun conversation, but one thing we didn't touch on. I kind of didn't realize it was going to end there, but I'm happy it did. Was the high stakes. And so I'd love if we can come up with one kind of a bet uh, as opposed to what we've been talking about. I'd love to, to bet on Christian McCaffrey. You want to set a line based on what you think of him? No, I don't think I don't think he's going to score less than um, – I don't think he's going to score less than 10 points. So what would what would you put him at be, to be comfortable doing some kind of a bet? If I knew that Christian McCaffrey was going to score twelve points, I would probably look elsewhere. Yeah, understood. But but again, when we say sit, we're saying that like he's not going to score twenty seven. He's going to score twelve, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying let's set the line at twelve. Twelve points. Okay. And so if we set the line at twelve points, half PPR for Christian McCaffrey. And I say he's going to go over 12, 12.01 or more. Okay. Um, then, uh, then what are we betting on? Hot wings? <laughs> Scorpion peppers, just eating them raw. What are we doing here? Um, Pizza? During the show? During the show? Um, you want something easy? How about hot dogs? Hot we're, dogs? We're, hot, we're, we're doing hot. We're not going to eat them during the show. It doesn't really flow with the show as much. Going out for hot dogs? We'll go out for hot dogs. Okay. Why not? Well, I love hot dogs, man. I know you do. I'm into hot dogs. They're good. Hot dogs are good. We went on a hot dog Put tour. Some mustard on it. I know. Just just recently. Yeah. Like two years ago. <laughs> two years ago is recent when you're 40. 2020 COVID hot dog tour. All right. It was something. All right. Hot dog bet. Uh, we'll say uh, um, Jessica and I will will take uh, you guys out for hot dogs. Okay. Fantastic. I got dragged into this. 
Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, vice versa, of course. Of course. Okay. Uh, well, Dave, it's been a pleasure. Uh, my mouth is cooling down. I has can it, talk again. Has it been a pleasure? Are you feeling? Pleasure. Are you feeling better? Yeah, well, it's always a rush to eat something like that. I love the endorphins, man. I I yeah. love it. That's why I do it. It's yeah. a rush. That's for sure. For sure. That's a limelight twenty one twelve kind of situation. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get removed off of YouTube by, you know, Is singing too much of a Russian instrumental. Copyright strike from like humming uh, um, Tom Sawyer. So listening to a different <laughs> podcast, Mark Marin saw Getty Lee at the airport and took a picture of the back of Getty Lee's head. Yeah. He didn't like go up and talk to him. He just took a picture of the back of his head. Mark Marin's a weird dude. He is. He is. Yeah. But I like him. <laughs> well, cheers to all of you out there. Uh, we. Cheers, buddy. We, we keep on keeping on. Only a couple more weeks in the fantasy football season. If you'd please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Drink5, all one word. Go check it out. Drink5.com is, of course, the website where all the content is housed every single week. And we wish you guys all all the luck in the world in your fantasy season remaining. Cheers. Cheers, everybody.